This is the Saucer Afterlife, where we look at stuff that didn't quite fit into the regular episodes. Today, Bosco's Utopias. Uh, we are looking at a little bit more information about about Bosco Nedeljkovic, um, who who revealed some interesting things about the possible CIA involvement in the Scoriton incident and in the death of Arthur Bryant back in 1967. So, some things in the uh, in, in the actual uh, interview that were pretty interesting to me beyond the uh, beyond the score and stuff was the fact that uh, that 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 Bosco said that uh, if somebody were to look into the uh, the deaths of Morris K. Jessup and Frank Edwards and Ed Ruppelt and uh, Professor James McDonald. They might, quote, uncover something as shattering as the 1960s assassinations. So there's this, this suggestion here that the CIA or other nefarious parties were, in fact, uh, connected with some of these deaths, as, as, had been, as had been sort of suggested by UFO researchers over the years, particularly in the case of James McDonald, who committed suicide. Uh, nobody ever commits suicide in the conspiracy world. It just doesn't happen. It's all planned. That doesn't mean that sometimes it isn't planned, but you know, you know what I'm saying. He also said that he saw Dr. J. Allen Hynek at CIA briefings in the uh, late 60s and early 70s. He said that the Betty and Barney Hill incident in New Hampshire was a CIA uh, operation and that the Pascagoula case in Mississippi was also a CIA, uh, a CIA thing, but he didn't have any firsthand knowledge of those. So, who was Bosco? Well, he uh, he died in 1999, Christmas Day, December 25th, 1999 of um of uh prostate cancer in uh Northern Virginia. He was 66, which means he was born in uh 19 what would that be? 1933, 99 66 would would be 1933, which is uh, which is pretty pretty amazing. Um he was was born in Yugoslavia and migrated with his family to Paraguay shortly after World War II. Um, going from uh, going from Europe to Paraguay after World War II, um, I'm not going to speculate on why his family might have moved. Was it fear of the new communist government? Was it fear of the new communist government because they didn't like the communist government, or because they had worked with the invading Nazis? Uh, Yugoslavia in World War II was a uh, a wild place with Yugoslav communist uh, rebels fighting against the Nazi occupation, sort of separate from what was going on with uh, with other aspects of the war. So I'm not I'm I don't know why, but but there's you know there's reasons why somebody would want to get out of Yugoslavia after World War II. He was fluent in a number of languages: Serbo-Croatian, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, and English. Comes to the U.S. in 1964 and settles in the D.C. area, working as a freelance translator. Um, he became a linguist, uh, an interpreter, and translator with the American Defense Board, uh, which runs the American Defense College. Retired from 1990, but worked as a uh, as a consultant. He was married for 43 years. I had two children and two grandchildren. One of the things that Bosco was interested in was the idea of planned communities, sort of efficient planned communities, uh, things called Villa Venus and Happy Doomsday Retreat, and uh, something called EMSIS, Experimental Model of a Sustainable 
society. Um, and, and what his obituary, which I'm getting this life information from, uh, his Washington Post obituary, the concept he was interested in was an alternative community for the world's disenfranchised. But uh, nobody really wanted to give him money to try any of these things. So I looked around trying to find some examples of his ideas. And um, 1974, he contributed a uh, something that was printed in Alternative Pursuits for America's Third Century from the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and he called it compound housing. And uh, he said, I refer to the middle-class communal movement in its various forms, the extended family, the multiple family, or simply the sharing of premises by several unrelated individuals, end quote. He wants to set up a type of housing compound for those uh, for those groups. He says, quote, the main attraction and the main drawback of the new compound thus becomes immediately apparent. It would be indeed a select group of open-minded individuals, substantially forward in their outlook of personal growth and interpersonal relations, already in process of transcending the mores and attitudes of a conventional society, prepared to explore new forms and possibilities of human rapport, and presumably quite tolerant of individual patterns of behavior. So he's got this this notion of building these these planned intentional communities for for people who are forward thinking enough to live in uh, in arrangements that are that are outside the norms of society. The the thing is, um, people have always lived in arrangements that were outside the norms of society. We we didn't need to put them on some sort of compound. But but he's looking at ways to to sort of transform. American society. In a July 1989 letter to the New York Times, he uh, he, he sort of um, you know you know downplays and, and bashes the idea of human colonization of other planets, saying it is uh, quote uh, this the idea of unloading the planet by shipping any substantial number of people into other habitats is simply preposterous, and the prospect of bringing back some colossal stores of rare minerals or even manufacturing some stupendous new compounds and space factories is a meager solace for the exorbitant costs of any such enterprise. Uh, witness the fading of commercial interest in space ventures and the increasingly despondent drumbeat for government money to foot such grandiose delusions. But he would love uh, he would love what's going on now with things like SpaceX, probably. But he says the only legitimate purpose of space exploration is knowledge itself. Um, quote, knowledge of the cosmos, the understanding of our own Earth and the realization that this indeed is the only viable habitat for the human species throughout the foreseeable future. Continuing to quote him, there is no question that we are plundering and ravaging our nest at breakneck speed, but the idea of escaping into space while leaving a plundered planet behind is pitifully unrealistic. It's interesting. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I disagree with him. Um, sort of like, you know what? We can do whatever we want to the planet because we're going to go to Mars and we're going to set up biodomes or something, leaving Earth as sort of a backwater, uh, backwater, nearly uninhabitable slum uh, that will only be uh, lived in by those who can't afford to go to a different planet. That's much more grim than the idea that we will never uh, colonize to me. So that's just a little bit more about uh, Bronco Nagurski. I, I mean, Bosco Nilkovich. Uh, and um, so that's where we are. Stay tuned uh, for our next episode in which you look at Fate Magazine in the 50s. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>